Welcome to Joint Effort with Des Moines Orthopedic Surgeons. This podcast covers the pain and injuries that are associated with muscles, ligaments, and joints. Okay, I'm Baron Bremner. We're on Joint Effort today. I've been, uh, I'm happy to have Brad Carroll, who's a PA that's been with DMOS for a long time, working with Dr. Getz. Yes. Welcome. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah. Appreciate it. Glad to be here. Um, tell me, before we get into you know, some f- specific things about uh, being a physician's assistant and the training and background and such, uh, where are you from and where did you grow up and what's, what's your family life now and stuff like that? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm a local guy. I grew up in Polk City, about 15 miles north awesome. of Des Moines, small town, uh, and uh, stayed in the area. I went to school at uh, Des Moines University to get my PA degree. Before that, University of Iowa for undergrad, and uh, now I live in Des Moines, Beaverdale, married happily, three children, two six-year-old twin girls and one three-year-old boy, and uh, so I come to work to take a break. Yeah. Yeah. And you've Uh, been working with Dr. Getz in uh, joint replacement and revision joint replacement for how long now? Yeah, it'll be, uh, let's see, it was nine years in June. Okay. So, yeah, close Uh, to a decade. He also has a bunch of twins, doesn't he? Or just one set of twins? Yes. What is the DMOS twin thing? Can you tell me about that? Yes. Uh, Warning to people going into orthopedics, uh, radiation can uh, affect the twin rate apparently in uh, Des Moines. Um, No, uh, I don't know what's up with that, but he has five kids, so he has uh, all my respect for that as well. Five of you guys that have twins, you know, yeah. five out of like 15 people that have twins. I know it. I know it. Um, so, Polk City, um, mm-hmm. were you at Comet then? North yeah. Polk Comet? Oh, okay. yeah. Yeah. Nice. Small school. Yeah. I love that town, though, when you drive through the little square yeah. and uh, ice cream shop, and my, my wife and I and, and my little littlest go up yeah. there and go to the playground and stuff. It's, oh, yeah. It's a cool town. Shameless plug for uh, Papa's Pizzeria and Foundry Brewery right next door. Are there you owners of one of those two? No, I have no vested interest. You just I want just to have them stay open. Yeah. Yeah, they're yep. both great. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so how, uh, when you were in high school or anything like that, did you know you wanted to go into healthcare? Or science, or what did you know back yeah, then? Yeah, yeah. So uh, no, I didn't really. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, one thing that did initially kind of get my interest in orthopedics, I was a, an athlete in high school and tore my ACL, and sought out the expert care of Des Moines orthopedic surgeons oh. at that time. And, Another and shameless place. plug. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, and uh, so I got a little exposure to it that way, yeah. and and it was kind of interesting. But uh, who was your surgeon no, then? Doctor Stephen Taylor. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Emeritus so. professor of, of orthopedics here at our yes uh, one of the founding fathers yes awesome. exactly yeah awesome yeah. Um, so then um, some people you know know they want to be a PA early on when did you decide that you wanted to be a, either in medicine or a physician's assistant in particular yeah uh, so let's see I went to school to be a PA in 2010 and I decided I want to be a PA in about 2009 and a half okay uh, so. Yeah. <laughs> It was uh, a, a journey to what get there. What were the there. other alternatives that yeah. you were toying with at the time? Yeah, so just prior to going to PA school, I was looking at nursing school. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, at the time, working as a nursing assistant uh, over in Iowa City at the hospital there. Okay. And, uh, yeah, and, and then I did a smattering of other things prior to coming around to mm-hmm. healthcare and being a PA. So. What was your undergrad degree in? Uh, biology yeah. or? Yes, mm-hmm. biological sciences. Okay. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So that's, uh, you know, I know now to get into PA school, you basically have to have the same kind of grades that you have to get to get into medical school, like super high grades, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, 
generally pretty competitive. Except for you, probably, right? They exception to every rule. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, uh, it is super competitive, right, to get into PA school? Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's a little more opportunities. Uh, there's now, I think, four programs, if I'm not mistaken, in, in Iowa. In Iowa, okay. That are in addition PA's. to the Des Moines one and the Iowa and City, Iowa City. One, huh? Yeah, yeah. Okay. There's uh, uh, Dubuque uh, and Loris, I believe, also has a PA program over there. Okay. There in Port. So, um, but yeah, it is competitive, um, and uh, basically it's a fast-track medical school mm -hmm. of sorts, so they want to make sure you can handle the curriculum part mm -hmm. of it that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, it's a two-year degree after your uh, undergraduate degree, yes, right? Yes, depending on where you go, two to three. Okay. Two to three-year master's level program. Okay. Mm -hmm. Are there any um, colleges or universities you know of that offer like a condensed thing, like you know you're going to do it before you go in and so you can get it all done in like five years or something, or do you know anything about that? Not to my knowledge, okay. but that could be limited. I've been out of that game for a decade now. But, yeah, um, true. But yeah, most of them, I think it's a four-year degree, and one of the unique things about PA school or becoming a PA is that you then have to have a lot of patient experience hours right. prior to going into uh, to the programs. Uh, it's one of the requirements. So a lot of students, if they, they either get those during undergrad or they take a year or two after that to obtain that experience prior to going back to school. And that could be yeah. uh nursing assistant or a nurse or any kind of hosp hospital or clinic experience is that right yep basically anything with direct patient care so yeah. a lot of pa people use nursing assistant programs or um, different techs you know I, that's a good question I think uh, I think it counts to some extent mm -hmm. but I think uh, they look for more where yeah, you're directly on yeah area. Yeah, phlebotomy. It's another one a lot of people. Okay, do. so yeah, you have to you have to get a lot of this hands-on experience before you can even be considered for the program. Do they also mm -hmm. have, um, you know, for medical school, we had to take the MCAT test. Do they have yes. a standardized test that you have to take also, yep. to, in addition to your grades? The GRE, so okay. kind of general graduate gotcha. requirement for graduate school. Yeah. And then when would most people, if they don't want to, let's say they've got all their ducks in a row, they've done their their time on the hospital wards in their freshman and sophomore year. When would most people apply for PA school if they wanted to just seamlessly go into PA school after college, after a four-year degree, let's say? Yeah, I think you'd probably start looking at schools and sending out applications at the end of your, uh, well, end of your junior year or beginning part gotcha. of your senior year gotcha. of college, yeah. Um, so what, what's your current role right now in your practice with uh, Dr. Getz? What are your, you know, responsibilities and your um, you know your patient load and stuff like that yeah so doctor gets knee and hip replacement revision and primary surgeries um, I guess I'm supposed to make him more efficient uh, so my role I in uh, surgery help assist in positioning prepping patients getting the operating room ready for the surgeon surgery you hold retractors and help with closure at the end of the surgery uh, and then in clinic days we either work in conjunction, so trying to see more patients and get through more patients in, in a clinic day and uh, um, and just kind of working together mm -hmm. to kind of um, develop plans and, mm -hmm. and treatment for patients. And then also do an independent clinic uh, by myself where I just do more follow-ups and injections mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. and that sort of thing so that he has more time to spend with patients uh, preoperatively educating about the surgery and what they're going to need done. Mm -hmm. and yeah um, in the OR these are sometimes difficult surgeries so like 
physically wise, right? So you have to yeah. do a lot of lifting and things like that. Yeah, yeah, which is why I'm in such great shape. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, but it is. It can be pretty uh, uh, physically, man. A lot of time on your feet, you know, yeah. here in surgeries that can be several hours long without bathroom or sitting breaks. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's why I'm going into hand surgery now. <laughs> um, and uh, uh, and also it can be uh, you're lifting, moving legs and arms and uh, and positioning patients and so, yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, you did mention that Dr. Getz is going to be retiring after a lot of service to the community. And uh, now you're gonna be working with a great doctor, Dr. Cook. Correct, yes, uh, Dr. Cook in uh, hand surgery here mm -hmm. at Moines Orthopedic Surgeons. So. It'll be a big difference, you know, yeah. a lot smaller bones. Yes. work on yes need to research some more anatomy Less, again and yeah definitely, yeah definitely. yeah but the good yeah. news is you do get to sit a lot yeah yeah for the yep. cases where whereas orthopedics are, or, or yep. joints you're standing all the time yeah I, I still do some hand stuff and so I, yeah. I do enjoy those after like doing yeah. three or four joint replacements yeah I'm just like ah, I gotta <laughs> yeah. sit down and rest yeah. for this case put on some yeah. classical music and work around these little tiny bones <laughs> yeah yeah i imagine that's just how it is every time just yeah, a, every just time breeze yeah. yeah very calm <laughs> yeah. um you also yeah. do you know help with as orthopedic surgeons where we kind of joke about it i mean we had to be really good in medical school and stuff to and learn all the physiology and stuff but we kind of joke about how we're kind of like carpenters now um mm -hmm. but you also help with a lot of the medical management of patients and mm -hmm. um we have some complicated people who have a lot of medical problems and you help with the medicines in the hospital and and mm -hmm. also things like rheumatoid arthritis where you're trying to figure out when is the best time to do surgery based on some medicines that they're on so you do yeah. that sort of stuff too right yeah absolutely i would say one role that the pa does at least in joint replacement is uh, pre-op optimization so you're talking to patients about their medical problems and being aware of what medications they're on that could interfere with surgery uh, like you're describing uh, or otherwise just trying to get them into the best condition they can be, uh, make sure they have all the necessary preoperative testing, maybe cardiac evaluation mm -hmm. and those kind of things to make sure that they're safe for surgery and ready for the recovery part of it. Mm -hmm. is, yeah. is nutrition part of the stuff that you guys talk about with them before surgery? 100%, yeah. Yeah, I'd say that that's a big, uh, a big deal about uh, getting people, again, in just a best condition they can be before surgery to make sure that they have the best outcome afterwards mm -hmm. yeah and then what types of uh you know you see a patient in clinic and uh, doctor gets us around or he doesn't have to be around for you to see a patient in clinic mm -hmm. you might see what types of people in clinic you know yeah uh, what are they looking for kind of the same people that doctor gets sees or yeah in I'd general? Say I'd say for the most part, yeah, with a practice that's focused on knee and hip replacement, a lot of patients coming in with arthritis uh, and kind of either knowing about their condition before or for some patients it's, hey, my hip started hurting and I have a groin pull that just won't go away. What do I do? And, and kind of discovering it with them and figuring out what treatment options there are out there and, and what their prognosis is and, and trying to help get them back on their feet and moving. So you're seeing the, for the new patients or maybe an old patient that uh, has a new problem, you're looking at their x-rays and interpreting them and mm -hmm. um, talking to the patient and you're doing an exam on them and then you make a plan and then uh, yeah. kind of sometimes bounce that off Dr. Getz and sometimes, you know, later on have them come back and see Dr. Getz to see how things are coming. Is that right? So you guys work together like that? Yeah, absolutely. That's the beauty of a PA role is that you're an independent practitioner, but you also operate under the 
license of a physician. Mm -hmm. uh, and so you kind of learn from that person how they like things done and, and uh, using your own skill set that you've learned through training to treat patients, but then also have that, mm, this is a little more complicated than, than normal. I'm going to run this by my you know, supervising physician and make sure that mm -hmm. we're on the same page on what should be done right, for this patient. Right. Yeah. What kind of injections do you do? Yeah, so uh, with hip and knee, do knee injections, uh, corticosteroids, or sometimes visco supplementation. We do uh, hip injections, whether it's in just in the muscle, or sometimes we do ultrasound-guided injections into the joint. Um, and so, uh, and then different joints too, shoulders mm -hmm. uh, occasionally, uh, maybe an elbow or, mm -hmm. uh, or an ankle. Um, but yeah, makes it fun. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, OR, you also, um, in addition to kind of helping facilitate things, you, um, you, I mean, I, you probably close a lot more incisions than Dr. Getz does. Right? Yes. I know that my PAs are a lot, my PA and assistant are a lot better at closing wounds than I am, just based on sheer numbers. Yeah, yep, absolutely. Um, I never knew I was a seamstress until I started this job, <laughs> but. Do you know in the, uh, you know, when you, in the rumblings in the PA world, and I guess we call PAs and nurse practitioners and other things like that, sometimes physician extenders, right? Mm -hmm. Because mm -hmm. um, there's only so many physicians to go around and there's a certain population. And if we don't have people who aren't physicians helping out, then the, yeah. the wait for care is a really long time. And people, you know, people might have impaired health because they've had to wait so long just to see a doctor. Do you know kind of yeah. what the, the needs are and how we're doing with our, are we way yeah. short on doctors and PAs? Are we needing a lot more of both or do you know, have yeah. you heard anything about that? You know, um, when I came into practice, I know that the need was very much there as far as expanding the numbers uh, to get more mid-level providers that could do just that, uh, see more patients, uh, see a lot of, uh, um, I won't say routine or easy stuff, but see a lot of management uh, mm -hmm. patients to allow for expansion healthcare. So as far as I know, that need is still there. Um, and uh, in fact, I think they're looking at changing the name of the PA from a physician assistant to something like a physician extender or, or associate. Could be associate. Maybe. Yeah. Is that it? I believe. You're Are you correct. excited about that? Uh, you know what? Uh, I'd say uh, not really. Yeah. 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 It yeah. took a long time for people to understand what a PA is. Right. I don't think I want to confuse them. Right. More, yeah, right. But. Um, yeah. Is it uh, different in different states as far as you know, or is it pretty much consistent, the rules about PAs? Yeah, I think there is some variability because uh, they're separate licensure mm -hmm. depending on what state you practice in. So if you get you know, your education in Iowa and then you want to go practice in Illinois uh, or you have a practice that's maybe on the border of Illinois and Iowa, then you have to be licensed in both states. Mm -hmm. So I think there is slight variation on the same theme. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, is there any kind of... Uh, how much, not to be uh, too intrusive, but how much does PA school cost, you know? Is it yeah. pretty expensive? Yep, I'd say depending on where you go, you know, like most graduate school programs, it's pretty expensive. Um, and then depending on if you go to a state institution, like, like 40,000 or how much, I mean, if yeah. you don't get any scholarships or anything, is it 30, yeah. 40,000, you think, a year? I'd say uh, at a state school, it's probably looking at, if you do room and board tuition, et cetera, it's probably around, 25, 30 a okay. year. Yeah. Right. If you go to a private institution like Des Moines University, for example, here in town, it's a bit more. Yeah. Um, I think they're looking 40 to 50 mm -hmm. maybe. Wow. For, so, mm -hmm. yeah. So you can come out with pretty, pretty
pretty heavy uh, uh, debt. I always tell my wife it's my house mortgage without a house. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, but it's it's, but it's worth it. Luckily, uh, it's, I mean, it is two years instead of four because medical school is about the same price too. Um, yeah. And then you can go right into practice instead of having to go to a residency. So mm-hmm. kind of the opportunity cost. I mean, if you're just talking about financial stuff, you don't yeah. have the two extra years of medical school that you're paying for. Plus, you start making a good salary earlier than you would if you were going to residency for five years or whatever. So, right. I mean, they're not exactly apples to apples, but it's, you know, you yeah. can kind of, a person looking into this should look, you know, through that sort of thing and think about that sort of thing for their finances. Absolutely, yeah. If you're looking at something like medical school versus a mid-level program like PA school or nurse practitioner mm-hmm. license, uh, I would say two of the biggest advantages are the one you mentioned where the education and training isn't nearly as long or quite as robust, but that also means it's less costly um, as far as debt goes. And then I think the biggest advantage of being a PA is the flexibility in your practice. So uh, prime example, my supervising physician is going to retire this year. And so now instead of doing hip and knee replacement, I get to go work for somebody who does hand surgery. Mm-hmm. Um, similarly, if I decided, you know, Des Moines Orthopedic Surgeons isn't for me anymore, then I could go do family practice somewhere Mm -hmm. if I wanted to. Mm -hmm. So uh, there's a lot of... Always in demand. Always in demand. Yeah. Yep. Well, you you mentioned nurse practitioner. Um, What is the education background for them? How do they become a nurse practitioner? And then what are the parallels and differences with what you do? Yeah. So this will be way beyond the scope of my knowledge set, but I'll do my best here. Yeah. Yeah. So nurse practitioner, you get a license. We'll get a bunch of angry (laughs) calls about whatever you say here. I'm sure. I'm sure. Uh, Nurse practitioners are the best. Uh, (laughs) Agreed. Yes. They uh, go through a nursing uh, uh, track, so they become, get a bachelor's of nursing or nursing program. And then after that, go on. I believe most programs are three years for a nurse practitioner license. Um, uh, which uh, then allows them to be an autonomous provider. So tech, a nurse practitioner, you operate under your own license, not under a supervising physician by any means. Um, and it's just a different, uh, slightly different training model, the nursing model versus the medical model. If you ask me what that means, I really don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sounds good. Doesn't it yeah. though? Uh, and uh, yeah, so the biggest difference I think is uh, the track for training and then also uh, the autonomy Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. with physician assistant you always have a supervising physician and with nurse practitioners you uh, can practice independently Um, but they're both yeah I think again to your point earlier mid-level providers Mm -hmm. who's uh, uh, allows for expanding access for healthcare in that my experience which which maybe is um, just Iowa or, or orthopedics but it seems like there's a lot more PAs in orthopedics a lot more um, nurse practitioners in, in medicine and in family medicine and mm-hmm. um, things like that, maybe GI, other things. seems like PAs yeah. are pretty heavy in orthopedics. Yeah, yeah, I'd say uh, they're valued that way in terms of uh, assisting in surgeries. You know, mm-hmm. that there's, I think, uh, an advantage perhaps from a surgeon's perspective, and maybe you could answer this question is... Uh, Don't put me on is, the spot. Yeah. I'm asking the questions <laughs> here, okay? Is, this is your show. Uh, <laughs> is having somebody cohesive uh, that uh, knows your routine and knows how you like to do the, perform the surgeries, and so that helps make your surgeries better, more efficient, better yeah, outcomes. I agree with you. So, yeah. I agree with you. Yeah, yeah. Um, yep. 
Well, what do you wish was different about your career choice or your career? Mm, yeah. Oh, I guess nothing. Uh, no. Um, uh, I don't know. I mean, I okay. Uh, this is maybe. Do you a, wish you silenced your phone before you came on the podcast? I do. I really do. <laughs> but I can honestly say that's the hospital paging system. So oh. it's just how important I am. As <laughs> Uh, no, uh, I would say that, uh, in surgery as a job, uh, especially someone with a young family and uh, demanding children, uh, call is a difference, you know. Take the call. Yeah, yeah. so as a provider when you're on call, it's a 24-hour gig where if you have uh, uh, patients who need questions answered or you have uh, nursing staff or hospital staff who need help with a patient or you have an emergency, where patients come in uh, through the emergency room, then uh, it's certainly a time commitment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, so that's a difference between some practices and, and orthopedic surgery. So it's uh, a, it's yeah. a rigorous practice. Some days you have late nights, and mm -hmm. then some days you're on call. Even when you're not on call, you have late nights sometimes. And mm -hmm. if somebody comes in with a problem and doctor gets sees the worst of the worst, you know, you're going to take care of it even if it's seven o'clock at night. Yeah. And then for call, of course, it, all bets are off. You can yeah. be doing stuff all night and yeah. uh, not see your kids for 48 hours. And yeah, which some stressful. days <laughs> it can be stressful. Yeah, some days that's not so bad, but you do have to have uh, a support system. And mm -hmm. uh, in my case, I have my wife who's uh, way tougher than me and uh, shameless plug to Tina Carroll uh, out there. Uh, but uh, uh, so you definitely, yeah, you have to have that uh, arrangement and uh, it's one of the harder things about being in a surgery yeah. practice what uh is your favorite part of being an orthopedic pa besides this yeah besides yeah this. besides this okay this uh, is the apex of, of your career <laughs> but uh it's gonna be downhill from here absolutely uh i would say uh selfishly i like the fact that in orthopedic surgery you very much see patients getting better in a hurry with an intervention uh so from the patient who gets an injection and by the time they get to the waiting room they're feeling a little better with uh, their problem or the patient who has surgery and you see them you know within a month or six weeks or sometimes less uh, where they're doing far better than they were before so uh, selfishly it's uh, it's rewarding that way as opposed to it's harder to pat yourself on the back for the the a1c that comes down from diabetic control um, Right. You know, that's equally great, but as a provider, it's frustratingly uh, less glamorous. Yeah, the, yeah, just the kind of the medical maintenance care that you're talking about is, is, mm -hmm. is less uh, of a yeah. quick reward. Yeah, yep. So, yep. Um, well, I'm excited to see yeah. what this new chapter brings for you in January. Me too, and very for much. For Dr. Cook and for Dr. Getz. Um, yeah. Dr. Getz, who has served us for a long time here and is one of the original uh, guys who I owe him a lot. He helped me get into medical school and did research with me and things like that. And so mm -hmm. I owe him a lot, and he's been a great one to bounce things off of. We're going to miss him, but I'm mm -hmm. super glad that we're not going to be missing you. You're going to be with Dr. Cook, who's also an exceptional surgeon, too. Yeah, I agree. And yeah. I very much appreciate uh, uh, what Moines Orthopedic Surgeons has done for me over the last decade. I'm glad to be here. Awesome. Well, thanks yeah. for being on the show. Hey, and, thanks a lot uh, for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, Dr. Bremner. Thanks for listening to Joint Effort, a podcast from Des Moines Orthopedic Surgeons. If you have questions about this podcast and wish to schedule an appointment with a surgeon, call 515-224-2000.
1414 or visit dmos.com.